This is Cruise Radio. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, where it's all about you this week. ABC Action News meteorologist Greg D is here this week to answer a couple of your weather-related questions. Also, Shelly from CruisingExcursions.com answers some Mediterranean questions. Colleen McDaniel, senior executive editor at CruiseCritic.com, stops by to talk about their 2018 Editor's Picks Awards, and we'll see what cruise lines were some heavy hitters this year, as well as Sherry with Cruise News. Before we get to Sherry, don't forget Cruise Radio News. It's our Cruise Radio Facebook group. Come in there and kick around the cruise conversation. Our Cruise Radio YouTube channel, that's out there. We got some new videos up there on Carnival Mardi Gras, the fire at Princess K, and a Carnival Pride walkthrough tour. So check that out on YouTube. And last but not least, Cruise Radio Daily News Brief. Really quick 90-second bits of the news every day, Monday through Friday. You can find that where you listen to your favorite podcast. Just type in Cruise Radio News. All right, that's done. It's time for Sherry with Cruise News. Hello, Sherry. Hi, Doug. The long-awaited news of Carnival Mardi Gras and where she's going to sail has finally been announced. What do we have? We have the first voyage of Mardi Gras is going to take place on August 31 of 2020, and it's a nine-day sailing from Copenhagen to Southampton. And along the way, the ship will stop at Kel, Gothenburg, Oslo, Rotterdam, Zeebrugge, Belgium, and Le Havre, France. And then from France, it's just a quick hopscotch over to Southampton for the 14-day transatlantic to New York. And that will happen on September 9th. And there's not too many stops on that, but there will be two in the Canary Islands and then Funchal, Madeira, Ponta Delgada in the Azores, and then into New York City on September 23rd. A quick turnaround there is going to be a six-day sailing. Uh, It's a little Canada, New England trip, just a short one. And then back to Manhattan and heading out on September 30th. It's going to be one of those signature Carnival Journeys voyages. This one is 15 nights through the Caribbean to here at Port Canaveral, arriving on October 15th. Um, Once the ship is in our home port here, uh, she's going to do one eight-day cruise and then alternating, get onto the schedule of alternating seven-night Eastern and Western Caribbean itineraries. And They're the pretty pretty much the usual ones, Easterns, San Juan, Amber Cove, and Grand Turk. And the Western ones are going to be Cozumel, Costa Maya, and Mahogany Bay. So that's the big news on the Mardi Gras. All right. A lot of excitement around Mardi Gras. Looking forward to those uh, future reveals of the ship. Some kind of sad news. A fire broke out on Princess Cruz's private destination in Eleuthera in the Bahamas. What happened here? It did. And, you know, it's. I guess the news was a little sketchy. Different reports were coming in. But, yeah, Princess Keys uh, had a fire. It destroyed many of those uh, the resort-type structures. The fire broke out at 11 p.m. on Monday night. Rebuilding has begun, but uh, I don't know of any word yet when the private beach will reopen for cruise passengers. I know uh, Carnival Ship was rerouted today um, and didn't make it into the island, so... No word yet. The next Princess cruise ship is scheduled to be there uh, like next week, Regal Princess. So hopefully they'll have the rebuilding done in time to get that back up and going again. Let's hope, right? Virgin Voyages has rolled out something a little bit different. 
Yeah, it seems like everything they roll out is just a little bit different, which is kind of cool, shaking up the, the, the usual crews that we know about. Um, this one is going to be that they are, in their words, abolishing a major pain point for consumers, which is gratuities. Mm. So finally, someone is, yeah, someone's getting smart with this. And the base ticket fare for all Virgin Voyages cruises, it's going to include all the specialty restaurants, all those uh, group fitness classes that you usually see for like $12, basic beverages, and now gratuities. And they even went on to say, this is not little. This is not a little short-term promotion. This is how it's going to be. So bravo for them, right? Good for Virgin Voyages. And bookings for Scarlet Lady go on sale Valentine's Day, so February 14th. Sherry, what do you think about bundling the gratuities into the cruise fare? I think it's great. You know, just have one flat fare. So, you know, aside from shore excursions and specialty drinks, um, this is almost an all-inclusive experience. Well, you've sailed cruise lines like Viking and Crystal. On those lines, are gratuities bundled into the price? No, unless they've changed it since I last uh, sailed with them. They were included. It, you, you you didn't have any nickel and diming that was going on. Um, you know, it, like, for example, Crystal has some optional shore excursions that you can pay extra for, but you don't need to. You know, you can take the regular ones. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be someone, in my opinion, that will sort of say, well, I don't, you know, I do my own shore excursions. I don't want to be paying for them. Or we only eat in the main restaurant. We don't go to specialty restaurants. Why should we be covering for that? It's always, you know, we don't use the gym. Right. But I think Virgin is going to have such a, a wide appeal to so many different types of people that, Putting this all together, I don't think I bet we don't hear a lot of complaints. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting product for sure. Princess Cruises has announced that they are going to have the largest balconies at sea, but for a price. Yeah, they they will. This is for the new Sky Princess, and all the Sky Princess suites—they're called Sky Suites. They're all two bedroom, two bath. They're located on the top decks. And like you just said, they're the largest balconies at sea, and they're going to range from 947 to over 1,000 square feet. So that's, you know, pretty big. Sky Princess will be the first ship to offer these massive suites beginning in October of 19, so it's only a few months away. And then the following year, um, they're having the launch of the Enchanted Sky. So they're really, you know, everyone's kicking something into high gear. They've got to do something to be different. And each Sky Suite balcony will have a telescope, um, enhanced private dining from the balcony, and a private view of the ship's movies under the stars, which I think is awesome. I mean, I would love to just walk on my balcony and watch the movie. The Sky Princess comes over to America from Europe uh, this coming October. So watch for that one. It should be interesting. So the Sky Suite is going to be kind of like the big suites, like the Captain Suite on Carnival or one of the big like Haven Suites on Norwegian. Yeah, it will be, you know, and then you've got the ones on on the uh, the large Royal Caribbean ships, too, that are enormous balconies, but apparently not as big as these. So, yeah, you know, it's... they're going to have another feather in their cap. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the chances of us ever staying in one of these balcony cabins is <laughs> slim to nothing unless we hit the lottery. But it's still cool to have if you have that kind of disposable income, have at it. And, you know, what's funny from my old days from selling uh, cruises, those are the suites that sell out the first. Those largest suites on the ships, they are gone first. Yeah, I remember Royal Caribbean at one point whenever I was on Oasis, they told me that I think it was like their loft suite 
was sold mm-hmm. out for like 26 weeks in advance. Yeah, that was. And that was so unique. And you just wonder who's going to spend $25,000 for a week. <laughs> but, you know, you have disposable income. Ah, absolutely. I, I love it. We've been talking yeah. with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. We always enjoy answering your questions here on the show. If you have a question, drop me a line, Doug, at CruiseRadio.net, D-O-U-G, at CruiseRadio.net. Fielding your questions today is ABC Action News meteorologist Greg D. Two weather-related questions here. The first one says, It seems that every other sailing to Royal Caribbean's private island, Coco Cay, and Norwegian's Great Stirrup Cay always cancel their stop because of choppy water. What makes the water so turbulent around these islands? Two reasons why you may see high seas on those two islands. Uh, One, the islands are rather far north in the Bohemian chain. They're actually farther north than downtown Miami. Uh, That means they're going to have more frontal passages through that area, meaning more winds and wind shifts. That could definitely stir up the seas. You've also got a big drop in the depth of the seafloor just north of those islands. That combined with the Gulf Stream off just to the west between the Bahamas and and the coast of Florida, that could really stir up the seas. So this is something that those two islands islands are always going to deal with in that region. Greg, the next question says, we saw a green flash in the sky when sailing between Miami and Cozumel last week. What causes that? Because we did not hear any thunder. Doug, what you saw there from the ship as you were sailing between Miami and Mexico was likely something that some people call heat lightning. What it really is, is just lightning far away. Out over the ocean, since there is nothing to obscure your view of the horizon, you can often see thunderstorms that are much farther away than you would see on land. And especially at night or early in the morning or in the evening, uh, those thunderstorms uh, can be lit up by lightning and they can produce anything from a white to a blue to a green color. What you're not doing is hearing the thunder, and that's because the thunderstorm is too far away. So the light reaches your eyes, but the actual thunder itself doesn't actually make it to your ears. So that is likely what you saw from that ship. ABC Action News meteorologist Greg D., as always, thank you. Thanks so much, Doug. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime. Straight from Cruise Radio. Every year, the editors over at Cruise Critic pick who they think deserve the best of the best title in multiple cruise categories. On the line is Colleen McDaniel. She is the senior executive editor over at Cruise Critic. Hey, Colleen. Hi, Doug. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Now, before we dive into the awards here, what is the selection process like? Because there are so many great cruise lines and great cruise products out there. Yeah, it's there's so much to choose from. Um, we have a staff of international editors who are traveling a good portion of the year and spending a lot of time on cruise ships. So um, the process is really, we're out there, we're experiencing, we're seeing. And then at the end of the year, near the end of the year, we get together and really hash out all the 
all the categories and talk it through. Um, it can get to be a little bit uh, heated, but in the end, we always come away with what we feel is a really solid list. People are really passionate about cruising here. And so it's a, it's actually my favorite time of year. It's my favorite meeting of the year where we get together and talk through these. Well, let's, let's go through like 10 of them. So who won the best new ship for 2018? Maybe not a surprise for a lot of people, but Celebrity Edge was our pick for uh, best new ship of the year. It's one of the most innovative ships we've seen in years. There are a lot of things that it brings to the seas that, honestly, we haven't seen before, and it's pretty exciting. I think the big thing that everybody's talking about is that magic carpet that rides up and down the side of the ship. And, you know, a lot of people thought, ah, it's just going to be a flashy amenity. But in truth, it's a really smart logistical addition that takes the pain out of tendering. It's also a restaurant and a bar and and adds that to it. But, you know, it really does make tendering a whole lot easier. Additionally, Edge offers infinite verandas. These are brand new concept to ocean ship. Those who cruise rivers probably uh, recognize them. And it really is able to add a little bit more space to the cabin and um, brings a really different feel to that balcony. And we love that. Now, this may sound geeky, but I really like the the running track on the ship because it has hills on it. It does. It's fantastic. I love that. And and the best part is if you know you like the downhill, the downhill part there is really long. So it's a two deck uh, track, and and you do a nice long slow downhill. <laughs> that uphill is a little bit steep, but it, it's done with really fast. Yeah, definitely. So let's go to uh, the best ship refurbishment for eighteen. Who got that? We gave the best ship refurbishment to Mariner of the Seas, the Royal Caribbean ship that really was completely changed. Royal Caribbean invested one hundred and twenty million into this refurb. Um, And people who've seen it are just really uh, awestruck by it. They added, of course, two new restaurants, two new bars. It got the Flow Rider, which is the surf simulator that is popular across the Royal Caribbean fleet. Also added the Perfect Storm Water Park, an escape room, and of course the Sky Pad, which is this virtual reality trampoline thing that people are adoring. It really, it shows what that Royal Caribbean investment is going to look like, and it's making even its most mature ships Mm -hmm. feel new again. I like how you say mature instead of (laughs) makes your old ships new. I love it. Uh, So let's 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 as I get a little more mature, I, I feel a connection to that word. There you go. Let's move on to best cabins. For best cabins, uh, we gave this award to Princess Cruises. Again, this is really acknowledging an investment that Princess has made in the cabins. For one, let's talk about the luxury beds on board Princess. These are amazing. Uh, you get a terrific night's sleep because they invested in these terrific beds. As a matter of fact, if you really love sleeping on Princess, you can buy the beds and have one shipped <laughs> to your house. And we have a um, member here at Cruise Critic who has done exactly that. They also introduced this new class of cabins, these mini suites, uh, which are nearly rolled out to the entire fleet. And they come with some exclusive, like exclusive dining and menus, priority embarkation and disembarkation. And other ships have sort of unveiled these new layouts that ultimately will maximize space. So we love what Princess does with its cabins. Now, this next category, I think this meeting itself would probably take a day if I was in it, because we're talking about best cruise dining. And who got that? Because there are so many options that you from out there. I tell you, best cruise dining is a is a tough category and it gets a lot of discussion because 
boy, has cruise dining gotten really, really tremendous. But for this year, this category, we gave best dining to celebrity cruises. We feel like celebrity really has a strong focus on foodies. And with its new ship, Edge, which we already have talked about, they brought six noodle-line specialty restaurants, including Le Petit Chef, which is something that is already on board a couple of its other ships through Cuisine. But this is sort of aimed at families. It is this digitally animated uh, chef or uh, cast of chefs who, who you know, prepare your virtual meal um, at your table. And so you get this really kind of cool virtual reality show watching these little tiny chefs prepare your food. And then, of course, your servers come and they put the plate right down in front of you and it looks just like what the chefs prepared, which is terrific. They also have really great wine lists, exclusive dinners, cocktail events, and that kind of thing. Not to mention, I got to say, their buffet area is really, really well put together and really well laid out. It really is. They they do such a good job of creating stations that people can move through quickly. So even at the busiest times, people are able to get in and out, get the food they want. And on Edge, they boy, they added those two-deck high windows, so mm-hmm. the views are expansive and really lovely. The next one we have here is entertainment. Who won that? So this was a tough one, and it's a tough one every year because entertainment has gotten really great on cruise ships. But this year, we gave the nod to Royal Caribbean, in part because really they have such a huge selection of entertainment options, and people can be busy from from you know early in the morning to really late at night when it comes to entertainment. They've got, of course, the Broadway-style shows, including Grease, and they've also got you know their Aqua Theater, which is which is a pretty spectacular show. If you've never seen it, it's, you know, they've got divers jumping into a pool of water. It's almost like a Cirque du Soleil style show with you know, set to water, which is terrific. They've also got state-of-the-art technology. And I'll tell you, one of the things that really I've heard from so many people about is the ice show that they have on Symphony of the Seas that includes drones and mm-hmm. that drones are just integrated into it in such a way that nobody's ever seen anything like that before. It also includes some of the activities that they have on board, of course. They've got the sky pad, which we talked about. They've got the surf simulator and the slides and iFly. And these are all things that no one else is doing. And it's pretty exciting. The same cruise line won both uh, Best Nightlife and Best Service. Who was that and why? Carnival won both Best Nightlife and Best Service. Carnival just knows how to have fun. And I think that comes through in its nightlife offerings. The ships really heat up at night and there are plenty of options to choose from, from, you know, more tame to really kind of adult activities, no matter what time of day. We've got a piano bar, an alchemy, which is one of my favorites. I sailed on Horizon, the newest ship in the fleet, earlier in 2018 and fell in love with the Pig and Anchor. I just think that this bar is a great addition. Love the barbecue there that they offered. I loved the venue itself. It just had a really fun vibe with live music and fun bartenders. And then on top of all that, there's things like comedy and family shows. So there definitely is something for everyone. This next category, it seems to slowly be gaining popularity. Uh, Best cruise line for solo travelers. 
Yeah, uh, solo traveling is is something that we've definitely seen a lot more people showing interest in. And more and more cruise lines are catering to that solo traveler. It never used to be the case. But really, I think the cruise line that does that best um, and the one that got our award this year is Norwegian Cruise Line. And we awarded them this in part because they really have a dedicated space for solo travelers. So they put the solo cabins near one another. And on top of that, they actually have a studio complex where passengers who are traveling solo can get together, hang out, grab, you know, some snacks and some, you know, light drinks. And it's just, it's become a kind of hangout place. And it's, 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 made it a much more social experience. If you're traveling solo, you have the option to actually hang out with other people who are also traveling solo. And last one we have on the list here is uh, the best value for money. Yeah, best value for money. This is one any budget-conscious traveler wants to know about. But we thought Holland America really offers you the most bang for your buck. So we awarded that best value for money. Cruisers really get their money's worth on Holland America. For one, their dining is spectacular, and they continue to improve on that. Additionally, they have added some features that are really special, and people are really reacting well to. So uh, Billboard on Board, uh, the Lincoln Center Stage, B.B. King's Blues Club, and of course, BBC Earth in Concert are all these really exceptional music uh, venues and people really enjoy them. They've brought this great vibe aboard many of uh, the ships, including New Stottendam, which of course just came out really late last year. So we are, we think that Passengers who sail with Holland America really feel like they're getting their money's worth and then some. Senior Executive Editor at Cruise Critic, Colleen McDaniels. Always a pleasure, Colleen. It's great talking to you, Doug. Thanks for having us. Now it's time to answer some of your shore excursion questions. Shelly is here from CruisingExcursions.com. Hello, Shelly. Hi, Doug. First question comes from Dave. Suggestions for Palma de Mallorca. We are going there on MSC Seaview. So many suggestions, such a beautiful little island to really sort of go to. But the one that kind of ticks everyone's boxes, especially for first time visitors, would be a Parma City Highlights tour that incorporates a really quaint village called Valdemossa. So what you're able to do in just a short sort of four hours is experience sort of the countryside side of Mallorca. You'll go out about 15 kilometers just north of Palma and you've got beautiful mountain ranges that you can take a lot of really good photographs from. And when you actually get to Valdemossa, it's very, um, it's very old style. So you've got lots of charming buildings and beautiful hanging gardens, little streets with cafes and bars. So something very, very different and a really, really famous monastery as well over there that you'll get spend, um, time to spend. Um, if you want to, you can go inside. That's optional. That would be an extra seven euros approximately, um, depending on the exchange rate, which you can pay on the day if you want to go inside. If not, plenty of photographic opportunities on the outside before heading over to Parma itself. You'll have a walking tour of Parma, so you'll get to see the city and take in the vibe and the cathedral which dominates its bay. And then after that, you'll sort of see the um, bullring area where they have all the bullfighting and concerts, a little time for shopping, so grab some souvenirs before heading back to um, you know, the port to board the ship. Or if you did want to, you could then break away from the group at that point spend the afternoon doing your own thing and make your own way back to the cruise ship. So it's a nice, relaxed, yet different, but also showing you all the highlights of the area that you could possibly want to see for whilst you're in Mallorca. 
So definitely one to recommend. Next question comes from Robin. She says, well, we're taking a celebrity cruise out of Rome this fall. And any suggestions for Mykonos? I think that if you go to Mykonos, Um, you should definitely not miss the windmills. So one of the most famous, iconic sort of images of Mykonos and possibly even Greece um, are the famous windmills. So on our sort of most popular excursion that people choose to get a taste of the island, it would be the cosmopolitan Mykonos tour and beach visit. And this is because it gives you sort of the typical whitewashed houses, the little narrow winding streets, and those beautiful tavernas with sort of the windmills dotted along the coastline. So you get to see all of the traditional side of things and then also uh, spend some time at a monastery over in the centre of the island. All those typically Greek photographs that you can't go home without taking can be had on this tour. But then also you get to spend sort of 45 minutes or so over at um, the Kalataffi Beach And that's where if you wanted to, if you wanted to take a towel, you can have a little swim or maybe sit, you know, look out at the sea in the seaside cafe and have some refreshments before heading over to Mykonos Town itself, where you'll have a walking tour. And the walking tour of Mykonos Town is very different because it's such an old town. The architecture is very, very um, sort of atypical and quite similar to sort of what they refer to as like little Venice where there's like an area right by the water with all these really pretty little houses. So not only do you get to see the famous windmills where the whole island used to mill their flower, you go over to the cathedral, chapels, traditional houses. It's like the typical Greek experience. So definitely recommend that one. Heather has a next question. Looking for a Santorini excursion from the ship while on my med cruise. We only have six hours on Santorini, and I'm concerned about the delay in queues waiting for the cable car on the way back to the ship. Everyone's first question, especially when they kind of realize um, what's the word tender mean and all of that, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually runs pretty smoothly, as, as you know. So the cable car itself, the journey from the tender up to the top of the cliffside where all of the organised excursions would then meet only takes a few minutes in itself, very much to that of a ski lift. So really, really, you know, very smooth in its process. But, you know, it does, there are some cues, especially during height of season. You do need to factor that in mind. But they take 1,200 people an hour. So it's not something that you need to sort of, worry about too much um, in any respect. Um, What I would recommend for visiting Santorini is our most popular tour, which is called Scenic Santorini Shopping and Winery. And this is because it takes in all of the main sites, a very scenic journey over to Oya, which is one of the most popular places on the island itself, where you'll get to see like views of the um, Aegean Sea. And you can actually see on a good day, and a beautiful calm sea, all of the neighbouring islands. So it's really breathtaking and quite beautiful. And then once you get into Oya, which is this very small, sort of very narrow, beautiful village, again, you get all those atypical Greek um, images in front of you with traditional white churches and the blue dome roofs. And it's a really nice place to kind of step back a little bit in time and sort of enjoy a little bit of shopping, maybe have, you know, a little drink in one of the cafes. And then after you've visited Oya, which is one of the most relaxing places on the island, you also go over to a hugely famous winery, um, which is um, extremely tasty when you get to taste all the wines, because 
of the volcanic soil on the island, it really did help with its wine production. So you'll get to see that side of things as well. Taste a few, maybe grab some from the um, shop to take home or back on board with you. And then head back to Fira, where you'll have some free time to do some shopping and take some photographs and maybe have a coffee before you make your way back to the cable car to go back to ship. Robert has the next question. Could you suggest any food tours in Athens? Oh, absolutely. So we have a really, really um, good small group um, tour with a maximum of 18 passengers. So it's one that's getting excellent feedback from our guests. We've been introducing a lot more food type tours to our program. Um, Greece is one of the places of everywhere in the world that you want to go and taste the food. So um, on this particular excursion, you'd have a drive into the centre of Athens once you've met your um, representative at um, the port. And then you'll have a walking tour of Plaka. So you'll get to go through um, the area, see the shops, smell the foods, and it gives you that little vibe um, and history of the area before you actually arrive at your Greek taverna. When you're in the taverna and the restaurant, you get straight down to it in preparing as a small group with your head chef all of the food that you're actually about to eat. So you'll learn how to make tatsiki, masaka, um, typical Greek salads with feta cheese and olives and beautiful um, beef tomatoes. You will have spinach pies, meat and potatoes and sagnaki as well. And the best part of it is that you then get to eat all of the wonderful food. And there's no better place really to eat Greek food than in Greece. So definitely recommend that one. And um, it also includes time in placa so that you can actually get the vibe of how the locals are actually experiencing their food as well. Next question. We're looking for something to experience in Gibraltar. We are ported there for eight hours. The most popular excursion and thing to do in Gibraltar is the Gibraltar Rock Barbary Apes Tour. Um, Popular for all ages, uh, families, couples, everyone young and old absolutely love this tour and the reason being is that you go up through sort of Winston Churchill Avenue which is um, towards the Spanish border and head on to the east side of the rock where you'll see the beautiful most um, sort of southerly point of Gibraltar which is known as Europa Point and it's a great vantage point so excellent photographs you know that can be had there but when you get up to St Michael's Cave um, itself and all of the stalactites and stalagmites you'll be able to see something a little bit different than if you say for example went shopping or just had a little potter around so there are 75 steps to the exit of St Michael Cave but you can stay outside if you don't want to go in no problem at all and one of the highlights of the actual tour itself is the uh, Barbary Apes so my um, personal advice to our customers whenever I speak to somebody about this tour is you know make sure your sunglasses aren't on your head and make sure that you haven't got dangly earrings on because they're a little bit cheeky the monkeys and they you can see them just jumping around everywhere and they do get very very close they are not camera shy in any way shape or form and it's something really unique to be able to show people back home that you've got up so close to these wonderful apes and then you go past um continue on your tour and go past the moorish castle which is in the old town and then from there you can have some a little bit of shopping and light refreshment um if you wanted to leave the tour and stay in the um town itself um you just need to let the driver know Shelley, did I ever send you the photo of the um, of the apes jumping on me when I was in Gibraltar last year? No, but I definitely want to see it. So I think that needs to be sent ASAP. <laughs> those are those things are. You're right. They're not camera shy, and they someone they tell you on the um, on the tour do not bust out a banana because a lot of like cruisers bring <laughs> bananas. They go nuts 
if you bring a banana out because I guess they're they're fed and regulated and all this stuff. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to send you that tour because those monkeys they were really they were so cool. Um, like probably a, a top excursion experience I've ever done. Uh, let's see. Last question here. We are visiting Rome for our first time on the oasis of the seas and want to get the most out of the time in port. Any suggestions? There are so many wonderful things to see in Rome. It's probably one of the best places I've ever visited in the Mediterranean. I was just blown away. So the tour that I would recommend and always recommend is called Rome the Complete Tour. And the reason being is that this really does show you everywhere you could possibly want to see um, from your short time in Rome. So you'd head over um, to the Colosseum for your first stop. Uh, Plenty of time there to take photographs. So impressive on the outside, just as impressive um, you know, as having an inside visit if you if you did. Um, this particular excursion doesn't go inside, but you'll have around 30 minutes to take as many photographs as you want and sort of walk around the area and get all those beautiful archways before you then head on and sort of continue your tour and head into central Rome. So you'll go by the Trevi Fountain, you'll be able to throw in your coins, walk through the streets, which are very romantic and typical of every movie you've ever watched on screen. Um, the Pantheon, the Piazza Navona, um, some time over at the Piazza Navona, um, you know, to grab something to eat if you wanted to, or just, you know, absorb all beautiful fountains that they have over there. And then over to St. Peter's Square. And at St. Peter's Square, um, you could have time if you wanted to. This is where you have free time to go inside the St. Peter's Basilica, which is absolutely stunning. It has a little private chapel on the right if you want to light a candle or just look at the artwork. It's your choice. Maybe send a postcard from the uh, Vatican Post Office, uh, collect a rosary, whatever you want to do whilst you spend your time there. It really ticks everything. Everywhere you look, you are seeing an iconic view on this excursion and something that you won't see anywhere else. So Rome the Complete Tour, definitely recommend. Very good. We've been talking with Shelley from CruisingExcursions.com. Shelley, as always, a pleasure talking to you, and thanks for all your insight. Thank you so much for having me. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.